Unless You Ask, with me, Kevin Chung. With me today, making the show's in-person recording debut, is a banana pancake scientist, hair genius, <laughs> and our second guest under 5'9", it's Elise Mendelson. Who Elise, was your, hello. <laughs> who was your other guest at under 5'9"? Kyle is 5'6". That was a big reveal I had no on the idea. last episode. Um, I also didn't know how tall he was, so I just set a high bar. Oh, wow. Okay. For the people at home, how tall are you? <laughs> that feels kind of like a private question. Okay, we'll move on. <laughs> Um, just so that we give some people the context that they need to understand what they're about to listen to, how, how do you and I know each other? Um, we used to work together. That's true. We're also doing this in person, which I mentioned. So, um, how are we able to accomplish that safely during COVID? We are roommates. That's true. That's also true. Um, yeah. So, so when I set out to do the show, the idea behind it was... You know, I want to stay in touch with people during COVID and and talk to them about things that I'm, you know, may not know about them. So <laughs> this this episode flies a little bit in the face of that mission statement, but for the better, I think, uh, because you and I obviously know each other pretty well. And I, while I have a lot to learn on your topic, I have I have experienced. I, I knew that you knew about it before we started recording. Um, so without further ado, what are you going to talk to me about today? Uh, my topic is, uh, birds. Sweet. <laughs> so, um, tell me about how your interest in birds sort of got started. So, uh, I don't know if you know this story, actually. I don't. Maybe you I don't. I probably don't. Okay. Yeah. So, like, probably four or five years ago, I went on a trip to Poland with my mom, which is where she grew up. Mm-hmm. And we were hiking in southern Poland in the Tatra Mountains, which are right on the border of Poland and Slovakia. Okay. And while we were hiking, we saw there was this beautiful bird, and we just saw it everywhere. And it was this, like, kind of like a mid-sized bird. It kind of looked like a crow, but it has, like, white sides and these really beautiful, like, turquoise wings and this turquoise tail. And my mom and I were, we were on this, like, pretty rigorous hike, which I, like, later regretted because my mom was, like, in her late 60s at the time. And I, like, felt sort of bad. But um, we both just loved this bird and we had never seen it before. And we just thought the bird was really beautiful. Um, and then I forgot about it. And then a couple of months later, I was on a camping trip in southern Oregon with a good friend of mine, and I saw the bird again. And I thought, how interesting and weird that I've only ever seen this bird in these, like, two places that, to me, don't really have that much to do with each other. And that kind of piqued my interest in learning more about birds. Cool. Yeah. So how did you, uh, where did you go to try to find out more information about this special, inspiring bird? <laughs> I, how did I, so the bird was a, a magpie, which I've later learned are actually horrible pests and people who live near them, ah. like, really hate them. Um, I think they're, like, really – I can't remember what their deal is. I think maybe they're really loud or they, like, poop everywhere or something. Two um, things I know about birds. <laughs> so I think, like, they're not a fave, but um, 
So that same friend that I was on the camping trip with, I told her this story. And she is a wonderful and very thoughtful friend. And she bought me Sibley's Guide to Birds, um, which is such an amazing resource for anyone who is interested in learning more about birds or getting into birding because it has this guy Sibley he's an ornithologist and he is also an illustrator so it has just these beautiful drawings and all of these really interesting details about all the different kinds of birds um so she got me that book and that was where I started to really get more and more interested in birds and learning about different kinds yes so I've actually seen this book and (laughs) the drawings are incredible and also the descriptions of how the birds sound (laughs) yeah that... <laughs> it doesn't totally translate in print, but it's very right. funny. Yes. There's no, I don't know if Sibley has made an audio guide, oh. but at least in his book, the, the, uh, he does his best to try to like <laughs> in print, try to get you to create, recreate the sounds the bird makes yourself by like reading what he wrote out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that makes sense. It's a great guide. So, um, that's how things started. That's I guess. how things started. How are things going? <laughs> Um, you know what started as really like a casual and almost like joking interest yeah um has become a true like fixation um and I guess like a real interest I think I I told you this the other day like I think it really uh, my like interest and affinity for birds reminds me of what it was like to like something when you're a kid where you're sort of like dinosaurs are really cool and then you like learn more and more about dinosaurs and then you see them at like you know in a movie or in a toy store and you just get like really hyped like it it Mm -hmm. has felt really natural and almost like this like childlike interest um and once you start paying attention I mean they're literally everywhere regardless of where you live there are birds so it's once you get interested in it it's very easy to like start engaging with it just anytime you look out the window or leave the house. Totally, totally. Um, have you sort of connected with any kind of, like, bird-interested community? Have you, like, been out on a walk and met <laughs> someone who also was looking for, like, the or, or heard a similar bird that you heard and got excited about the same kind of things? Do you feel I've like had, there's like... people out there that you can relate to? I feel like I've had, like, the opposite of that experience. Oh. <laughs> like, a few days ago, I was walking, and there were, like, hundreds, maybe not hundreds, I would say between, like, 50 to 200 small blackbirds. I still don't know what they were. Maybe they were star. I don't know what they were. Um, but there were just a ton of them in a tree, like, mm-hmm. on my walk. And there was this couple walking by, and they were also looking up at the birds. And I asked them, I was like, hey, do you know what kind of birds they are? And they just seemed, like, really freaked out by me and not interested. And they were like, no. And, like, walked away from me quickly. So the answer, no. I don't have a strong community around birds. But I feel like more and more my friends are starting to... I have a few friends that are starting to get into it, too. Like, I just... The other day, I was talking to a friend about um, morning doves. Mm -hmm. It was... Yeah. And they and they were really holding up their end of the conversation. Well, they well, I was like, oh, I'm sitting outside, and there's this like beautiful morning dove, mm-hmm. and my friend was like, I love morning doves. Joanna Newsom used them on her last album, and we had a nice combo about that. Yeah, I have a talking point later on about <laughs> how birds are used in media that yeah. I'm excited to dive into. Looking I, forward to. I it. also want to say that I think that maybe the people who were kind of unsure about you 
you asking about these birds in the tree they may just be freaked out to like be interacting with anyone because of covid or something like it's it might not be the birds that like turn them <laughs> off because i'm sure that, hard to say yeah i'm sure that they would be nervous to engage uh with anybody a stranger i'm shy like that sometimes <laughs> um cool so uh as you've gotten to like explore the guide be out like be a little bit more perceptive of the birds that you're seeing out in the world what are some of the birds that you've seen that you would consider like your favorites or that you are like the most excited when you see most excited when i see yes. them not ones that you haven't seen we'll get into that <laughs> okay we'll talk about that later um so i've only seen an owl once in california actually when we were in pataluma what, I don't what know about if you remember this. in i feel like you've seen one maybe you just heard it exactly so yeah in japan town you were walking home with your brother and you heard an owl. I, sorry, it's your, it, you're the guest. Wait. <laughs> I'll let you tell the stories. I literally don't remember that at all, but. Okay, I'll, maybe I'm wrong. Interesting. <clears throat> I maybe saw one in Golden Gate Park once. That might be what you're thinking of. Maybe. But yeah, so I, I've like actually definitely seen one in Petaluma and I heard one a few weeks ago when I was walking at night around dusk. Um, an eastern screech owl, which I encourage everyone to look up what that bird sounds like because it sounds like a horse, like whinnying. It's like a very weird. <laughs> you can edit that in later. It's a very the horse whinnying. That'll be our break, <laughs> no. Our you can break put the noise. eastern screech owl. In. Oh, true. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> um. Anyway, th- so I've heard one. I've only seen one once. And I've heard them, but I really love owls. I, I would very much like to see more owls. Mm-hmm. Um, I love red-winged blackbirds. Okay. They're another one that I've, like, I think I've seen them in California, and then I've seen them in New York, too. And they're so cool because they're these little blackbirds, and they're fully black, except for they have this, like, super bright patch of red and yellow on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. And you can really see it when they're flying, so they're just very cool. They have, like, a hidden little secret flare. Exactly right. Got it. Cool. And then I love great blue herons, which we've seen. Yes. Um, because they look so grumpy. They look like grumpy old men. They're like so. They look like so haggard, and like they just really, they really get me. Their attitude. <laughs> yeah, they have like a good attitude that I like. Um. Cool. Um. I yeah. I I feel like some of our listeners will probably have seen at least one of those two of those birds or heard of them, but not all three. So I encourage you to look those up. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the birds that you haven't seen. But My lifers. Like yeah. You, you've told me about this before. Can you explain what a lifer is? I, okay. This is a term that I've just seen on like bird Twitter and I have not Googled it, but I'm assuming it means like birds that you want to see in your life, like before you die that you haven't yet. Got it. Um, Definitely a timber doodle, aka American woodcock, which we've talked a lot about. Um, these are, oh my god, it's hard to describe. They like, they're these very small birds. I think they're mostly on the ground and they move in this like very bizarre rocking fashion, but their head doesn't move at all. They're like really amazing yes definitely worth looking up and there's some in uh greenwood cemetery right now so we should scope those out when we're in brooklyn um or if you're in brooklyn check them out and these are not these are this is a bird you've never seen before i have never seen a timber doodle but i would like to 
And then this is kind of a cliche answer, but like a penguin. I would love to see a penguin. (laughs) Those ones a little harder to just come across in the wild. We kind of have to like seek that out to to go see a penguin. Um, Cool. So I guess uh, knowing now the birds that you love and the birds that you want to see, I guess why don't we take a quick break? Wow. And then we'll come back. Just like that. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm barely getting into it. We barely scratched the surface. We're going to scratch the surface a lot harder after the break. It's just a brief break. I do this with all the guests. (laughs) I feel like I was kind of getting into a flow, but okay. (laughs) Okay, well, we'll return. We'll get back into the flow. I mean, we'll try. (laughs) After we take the break. Okay, sounds good. Okay. Welcome back <laughs> from the break. We're going to resume our flow. Um, the next thing that I wanted to talk to you about is kind of how you feel like birds are perceived. Like, what are some misconceptions, I guess, that people have about birds? Because not everyone loves birds. Some people are afraid of them. They're kind of, like, treated negatively at times. So I, I'm curious what, <laughs> Can you, what you some... think. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, like, for example, like, they're they're seen as pests a lot like people get upset because mm. they might wake them up people get upset because they poop everywhere they mm. they're a lot of people think that birds carry disease that kind of thing mm. like if you're if you're a parent and you see your kid pick up a feather you're kind of like ah like don't touch that one interesting interesting um and maybe you know this is changing and people are appreciating birds more but <laughs> i i'm just curious if you sort of if there's anything that you want to set the record straight on when it comes to birds like do you feel like there's things that people don't know that would make them a little bit less yeah afraid I feel like you know the um the elephant in the room is really the pigeon yes which is this like very maligned animal the rat of the skies the rat of the air flying rat yeah as they say which i will gladly do a whole other episode about rats and how much i love them (laughs) if you're interested but um maybe yeah finale (laughs) um i i also like you know i don't love pigeons but they are amazing animals they have uh magnetoreception which i had to look up in my notes because it's a big word which means that they are able to detect the earth's magnetic fields and use them directionally so a lot of people have heard about homing yeah <laughs> his mind is blown yeah a lot of people have heard about like uh homing pigeons and messenger pigeons the way that they're able to do that and fly these really really long distances and find their home is because they are able to orient themselves based on the Earth's magnetic fields. And I think even today, like, I don't know that we know exactly how they do that. And there are a couple of different theories. It could be um, iron that is in their body that is picking up those signals. It can be, I think, uh, some type of protein in their eye. It might be something in their brain or inner ear. I don't know if it's fully, if we are have fully concluded what's going on there, but uh, they're very... 
you know, they're very they're, interesting animals. Yeah, more more attuned to kind of what's going on than people think. I think think people think of pigeons as being dumb or like of trying to dumb. do Yeah, I mean, what I, what you just described is incredible. Yeah. I also, you know, you got to respect something that can eat like cigarette butts and be fine. Interesting. <laughs> I have like a hearty, you know, healthy respect for a pigeon. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I I think yeah, when I think about like um them being able to like deliver messages like people using them as like this work this this like to have this very practical purpose Mm -hmm. like there's probably lots of animals that wouldn't be able to carry out something like that so you're right birds are not dumb (laughs) they do a lot of very incredible things i have more to say on this topic yes (laughs) there are certain types of crows that have been observed making tools like they will make a little spear out of a stick and use it to like hunt for grubs Um, which making tools is like a pretty rare thing in animals. I think we see it in primates. We see it in some types of birds. Um, and I think maybe some types of like octopi and, um, some underwater animals, but Mm -hmm. pretty rare, pretty cool. Yeah. That's, I didn't know that. Does it use the spear in its beak? Yes. To like open, uh, uh, hard to get. I think not... it would like stick it into a hole or something oh. to like spear grubs. Gotcha. Right. You yeah. Grubs. yeah. Yeah. Wow. Pretty... Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. So if you're listening and you're like, I don't know if birds really have anything going for them. This bird uses a spear. Um, are there any other examples that you have of, of birds doing things that uh, go above and beyond like the animal kingdom's expectation for them? I mean, this is a common one, but I mean, a parrots can talk like how sick is that that's so cool (laughs) that's insane they can sing they can talk they can like carry they can like carry a pretty complicated tune very cool huh yeah that's interesting have you seen a parrot before you know i was (laughs) i was walking in brooklyn like a year and a half ago and there were some pit uh parrots in a cage outside a laundromat that could talk oh yeah. yeah so i hung out with them for a little while um and there was a guy in san francisco in the mission that i would see sometimes who had this beautiful gray parrot who which i think are some of the like smarter parrots um that -hmm. could talk that was very cool that i would see sometimes cool um so we've mentioned new york a couple times now yes um i I know where this is going yeah and for those of you so this isn't going to come out necessarily at a time that (laughs) this, this news story might still be relevant but at least right now and then over the winter in 2021, there's just been a lot of buzz in New York about a snowy owl that's sort of made its home in Central Park. So can you at least tell me a little bit about what the situation is there? Yep. I, so as of today, the snowy owl has left, but she was there for, I think, a couple of weeks probably, maybe like two weeks-ish. Um, it's not unusual for snowy owls. I forget where they, I forget exactly what their full migration range is, but they generally live somewhere uh, much further north than here. But it's not unusual for this time of year for them to start showing up in the New York region. But usually they'll be on the beach in Long Island. They really like like sandy tundra type of land, mm-hmm. but very unusual for one to actually be in New York City, let alone in Manhattan. Manhattan. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this bird just showed up. Um, it's, it's a hard to miss bird. It's 
beautiful. It's this beautiful white owl. It's huge. Its full wingspan is about five feet. That is huge. Yeah. And it was sitting, I mentioned that it likes sandy areas. It was sitting in, on the baseball fields. Right. Which are closed right now. So it was just this like beautiful, enormous white bird kind of in the middle of this like expansive area. Mm-hmm. Um, so no one could really get too close to it. But yeah, it was just, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful bird. And it's, it's been a really long time since one has been seen in Manhattan. Yes. It also... A couple decades. It snowed a ton this winter, and so part of it, I think, maybe part of why it stayed for that long and wanted to in the first place is, like, there was a lot of snow for it to kind of blend into. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that theory, babe. Okay. I, <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. In the pictures I saw, I don't know if there was that much snow. Oh, got it. But... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just wanted to talk about how much it snowed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, people really like the the internet and Twitter kind of blew up around the snowy owl. And there was a lot of uh, predictions about when it might leave, yep. like had it already left. Yeah. So there's a lot of tracking it. Did you ever feel like an impulse to actually go see it? A little far from me, but I think... I think if I was in Manhattan, definitely, I definitely would have gone and seen it. And I think the people who did see it, I think it was really, I think it was amazing. Like, I think that it was really, people were able to get pretty close to it. Mm -hmm. Um, It, it had a, it was for several nights in a row, it was just in the same spot. So pretty reliably, you could Mm -hmm. go to this one. I think it was near the boathouse and you could go and wait and it would show up at a certain time to start hunting. And it would kind of use that as its like home base while it was hunting. Um, Yeah, I heard it was really, really crowded. Like hundreds of people were showing up to see it. Yeah. Wow. It's like one of the only things you can do (laughs) like during, you know, without very being much like safe you can do inside like a snowy owl is already a big deal in like normal times but especially now people are probably just like uh, so excited to go look for something um cool is there sort of like anything else you want to talk about regarding the snowy (laughs) owl in the park (laughs) um i i know that you tracked it's it's gone now like you said it's gone yeah um it probably won't come back for a long time yeah it was exciting because It was, people were seeing it, and then they didn't see it for a few days, and everyone was like, oh, it's gone. Right. But then, bam, it showed up again when people were not expecting it, so that was cool. I just, you know, I think it was great. I love to see people getting excited about birds. I think when you live in New York, it's rare, it can be rare to have these sort of really exciting moments with nature. Right. Um, You know, there is some, some real natural beauty in Manhattan, for sure. But I think it's a little rare to see such, like, a beautiful and rare wild animal in the city. So I was just, I was psyched. It was cool to see a bunch of people getting really excited about this bird. Yeah. So this is also kind of the first time that you, uh, one of the first times that you kind of got in touch with bird Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm curious what, if you could describe, like, what bird Twitter is like to someone who's not as in in touch with that sub community. (laughs) Either bird Twitter or bird Reddit. Where, where do you kind of go online for bird info? Definitely um, bird Twitter is great. Very positive environment. Um, mm-hmm. It's funny. It'll be like it's 
someone will report like, okay, there's like an American woodcock in Bryant Park. And then this like main, I'm forgetting the name of the account now. I should look it up. Like, but there's this main account that will then retweet that. And then presumably people go to see the bird, which is pretty funny. It's like Um, directing people hither and thither in New York. So it's pretty East Coast based. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm tapped into New York bird Twitter exclusively. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, a very posy environment. And then there's some really good apps. There's, um, Merlin bird ID. I really like, and then shoot, I can't remember the name of the other one. I'd have to look it up, but there's some that you can do where it's like kind of this process of elimination where you can say, okay, the bird was about the size of a sparrow and the main colors were yellow and brown. And then it will tell you, and you tell them where you are. And then it tells you some options for what birds it could have been. And mm-hmm. that's how you, it, it's very, very helpful when you're first learning about birds because you can help ID them. Yeah. We can, can help you ID them. I'll leave a link to the Great. bird identifying app in the show notes. <laughs> so if you want to go out and ID some birds, you'll be able to do that. Yep. Sweet. Um, are there any other sort of examples of birds in the news that stick out to you i i know there's one (laughs) that we've talked about before also in central park but yeah sort of besides the snowy owl have there been like these big news stories even before like not necessarily uh while you were tuned in yeah to the bird community i think something that breaks through sometimes are like the um the like nest cams Oh, yeah. Yeah, where it'll be like, oh, there's this, like, peregrine falcon, and we have a camera set up on its on its nest. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched the peregrine falcon cam for the Berkeley Campanile. Wasn't, the, I feel like there was one a few years ago where... It didn't go well? Yeah, where <laughs> one of, where it was, like, some big hawk, and it brought back a kitten to the nest, and oh. it killed and ate the kitten, and people were really not happy yeah, I didn't see that. I don't know. Uh, I'll have to look up what that event was, but I remember hearing about that, that and people awful. were really disturbed. Yeah, the, Bad the for the natural world is. I know it's vicious. Yeah. Bad for bird. Um... Reputation. Yeah, reputation. Um. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, of course, I'm going to talk about the hot duck, which. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So the hot duck was a couple of years ago. There was this absolutely gorgeous duck that just showed up in Central Park one day. Um, I believe the breed, it's called a Mandarin duck. Mm-hmm. And it truly, it, it's it's a magnificent bird. And people just kind of collectively agreed, like, this bird is hot. Like, <laughs> people were just like, this is a hot bird. And yeah, when you first told me this story, I was like, what? That doesn't make any sense. How can a bird be And then you see hot? the bird. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I... I think that what it's it's just so like striking. Like you I could imagine yeah. seeing that bird from or that duck from like a little bit further away and being like, What is that? Yeah. Like, it's so it's, beautiful. Yeah, very distinct and like bold. Yeah. Lines. But yeah. And I think I don't know that we ever really figured out where it came from. I think the leading theory is it was either like escaped from a zoo or hmm. um someone was keeping it as like an exotic pet because they really do not I think they mostly live somewhere in Asia. Yeah. They like do not <laughs> do not live in New York. Like that is not on their migratory path. So it was some kind of escape bird. But I think it was it may even still be there. Like I think it really yeah. hung out there and just kind of integrated with like the mallards and the northern shovelers 
and people were just like, okay, cool, this duck is one of us now. Interesting. New York's with, most with eligible the, bachelor. With all the regular looking ducks. The regular, kind of the uggo ducks, yeah. <laughs> what, what was the, the, re, the media reaction to the hot duck? Did it, it get a lot it of coverage? It was just like, this duck is hot. It was, it was, <laughs> what more can I say? It was, it was similar to like the snowy owl where it was just okay. like, people were like, this is really cool. Except it was like weirdly sexual. Yeah. What's up? What's up with that? <laughs> Can you tell me? I don't know what to tell least, you. As, as an interviewer, I just want to know what's <laughs> up with that. <laughs> I wish I could tell you. You kind of just have to look at a picture of it and decide for yourself. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe Hot Duck gets, like, a lot of clicks as well. <laughs> um, cool. So we've talked a lot about uh, sort of the fact that maybe you haven't found your like birder community necessarily mm. you've gotten some people casually interested in birding but um do you think that that's because most people who are interested in birds are like of a different generation or is birder culture something that's like accessible to anyone and like rapidly becoming hip young where do you think birder <laughs> culture lies within the broader sphere of culture it's such a good question and you know that that's really what i it's like if i'm gonna be a part of a scene is it gonna be cool <laughs> very important to me yeah. i think you okay. asked me is this podcast gonna be cool exactly before, before you decided to do it um yeah i think you know birding is so accessible to everyone that is such a beautiful thing about it you can live in the most urban area and you can still see lots of really interesting and cool birds from just where you live looking out the window stepping outside um it's free right yep. it's it's just this activity that i think is is a really lovely one and that is very easily integrated into your life already like you don't need any special clothes or equipment i mean you can get binoculars which i don't have um but yeah so i think it's highly accessible i definitely think it's getting cool I definitely think that, and I think that probably the pandemic kind of fueled it a little bit because kind of like you mentioned before with the snowy owl, like people <laughs> are bored. People feel like they, the safest activities are outside. Yeah. So I think that it's definitely in, opened up a new, birding has opened up a little bit to kind yes. of a new new group of people yeah and as you mentioned like there's new apps there's things that people yeah can, can do to kind of get into it that weren't available to everyone yeah before you know when people are just using books or like just listening yeah for the calls and that kind of thing i had a friend a couple of years ago who went on a date with someone who was into birding and my friend said it was like I think maybe even their first date the person was like let's go birding together mm -hmm. and my friend was like it was such a good first date like it's such a good setup for a first date because there's you're not even really supposed to be talking like you're supposed mm. to be pretty quiet so anytime you are talking it feels like really flirty and intimate right and like you have to be kind of quiet and you're just observing and you're feeling relaxed, you're in nature. Um, hmm. And my friend just was like, wow, birding is sexy. Wow. So how they, did, they, my friend go? didn't say that. My friend didn't <laughs> say that. <laughs> I said that. But 
but they definitely thought that it was a good a good first date option. So consider it, folks. Yeah, I for me that would be a, a huge. Uh, I I would not enjoy a, a first date birding mm. because I I would have trouble seeing the birds. Yeah. And I would probably not bring that up immediately. Yeah. But yeah, how do you do? You feel like it's uh, it's like rude to chat during that kind of thing. Like you're supposed to be quiet to not scare the birds away, right? Yeah, I guess I'm not. I'm not. As much as I love birds, I will say like my, I have never gone to a specific location, except for last weekend when we went to the river. But I, <laughs> I, I don't often like go somewhere specifically to bird watch. It's more I'll be on a walk and I'll see a red-tailed hawk or. Right. I'll see a robin, and I'll kind of take note of that. It's more integrated into my life, I would say. That makes sense. That makes sense. So given this kind of uh, level of accessibility and maybe there's some something tied to the pandemic of people wanting to be outside more, do you feel like – what do you feel like the future of people <laughs> birding is? And, and have you thought about, like, trying to be more involved or, like, do something like go somewhere specific to see birds? Yeah, I mean, I will say, since tapping into bird Twitter a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. I, I like, really do want to see a woodcock. And, like, if yeah. I saw a tweet that was, like, yo, like, Greenwood Cemetery right now, I would be kind of tempted to check that out if I lived close to Greenwood Cemetery. So mm-hmm. I can I can kind of imagine it. Yeah. Um, and do you feel like the, the – like, if you had – more of a, a community or like a, people that were for your friends that were like, let's all go see the woodcock. Let's all go see the snowy owl. Would that be even more encouraging? Like if you had yeah, a squad. Yeah, that would be fun. I would squad. love that. All right, this fun. is a call to action yeah. to all of you New Yorkers who are into birds, who are listening to this podcast. Um, we are going to come out in full force next time we see a, a woodcock. Let us know. Um, cool. Um, so yeah, are you, is there any kind of, other things related to birds that you're looking forward to? Is there anything coming up? Um, hmm. I think that, okay, I think that, I think there's this time of year, there is an opportunity to see some interesting birds because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of migration happening. Right. Um, so I should do a little research on that to, to see what I should be looking out for. Yeah. But... We're, yeah, we're in, uh, uh, this is being recorded in March, so, <laughs> yeah, hopefully by the time this comes out, we'll have seen many cool birds. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> cool. So, sort of my second to last question is just yeah. less about specific, you know, birds in, in sort of the scientific sense, the ornithological sense, and more about how birds are kind of being, uh, used in more popular media and that kind of thing. Like you see birds referenced all over the place. You see it in, you know, Blackbird by the Beatles. You see it by, <laughs> you know, uh, Pelican Fly, Nicki Minaj said that and Super Bass. Mm. So I, what, what do you think is the deal with artists kind of using birds as a symbol very often? Like where does, where does that come from? It's like one of the most talked about bird or talked about animals in the, yeah. In songs, movies, Lady Bird, for example. Hmm. I think birds are just dope. I think people just like birds. You I think that. First. Yeah, I think people like birds. I think there's some very simplistic symbolism around like 
they're free. They can fly. They're beautiful. They're kind of mysterious. They're interesting. They're elusive. I think there's just a lot, a lot there. But I think it's probably the flying thing. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably true. the what really resonates with people. Yeah, lots of like uh, rappers like doing yeah. some d- double entendre with the fact that they can fly and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Cool. Um, so I think I'm ready to transition into our last segment. But before I do, I want to make sure is there you, you did a lot of prep for this podcast. Probably the, this is the first time I've actually like been able to see sort of what goes into my guests preparation. Maybe all my guests have prepared this much. But um, before we move on, I just want to make sure is there any other uh, bird topics that you would love to cover before? I didn't prepare at all. This was all just off, off the, the dome. Cuff. You knew about Magneto. Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> Got it. Extremely rude. Um, okay, that app that I was thinking of is the Cornell Lab Merlin app. Highly recommend. I think it's free. I can't, I don't totally remember, but. If you are inter- if you're just walking around your neighborhood and you're like, whoa, that bird looks kind of cool, um, this is the app that will help you really figure out what you were seeing. Sweet. So yeah, I would just just recommend that everyone checks that out. Cool. It's really fun. It's like a good entry point. Also, again, the Sibley's Guide is is the classic resource. Yes. Yeah. If you're uh, if you want some some cool drawings of birds, even you don't yeah. even need to be outside to enjoy that one. Um, okay, so this brings us to our last <laughs> segment, which I'm excited for, and I hope you are too. Um, this is a game that I like to call Birder or Flirter. Oh. <laughs> I, did, I did talk to you about this before. <laughs> Essentially, the goal here is um, I'm going to be reading you some lines that maybe you might hear from someone that's out and about doing some something while you're looking at birds and you have to decide, is this person genuinely interested in the birds and is just trying to like gather some information? Are they a birder or are they trying to hit on you? Are they wow. trying to pick you up a little bit? <laughs> I think it's so interesting that this is the, the game that you chose. Uh, all of my games are just <laughs> basic based on rhymes. So <laughs> interesting. Uh, this is just something that happens to rhyme with birder. I uh, see. If you have mm. feedback about, mm. A different type of game to play. You should, should email unless you pod at gmail.com. <laughs> That's unless ya pod at gmail.com. Okay. I'm ready. <clears throat> okay. Um, number one, let's see. Excuse me, do you know where the best spot to see the red breasted nuthatches is? That's a birder. That is a birder. That's correct. a birder, that absolutely. Red breasted um, nuthatch, a very cute bird. Yes. So red breasted nuthatch, no neck to speak of. It <laughs> it looks like a, a cruise ship. <laughs> it's very, that, very good what, bird. Is that what tipped you off to it not being a flirter? That, it's that a, the bird is like a cruise ship with no neck. <laughs> it's just like that's someone who knows about birds. True. Yes, they're very specific. Okay. Um <clears throat> next next part. Kind of surprising to see that one here at this time of year, am I right? I'm Kevin, by the way. <laughs> That's a flirter. Then <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you why. <laughs> yeah, please do. Explain yourself. Kevin's not interested in birds. <laughs> <laughs> His name just happens to be Kevin. It could be anything. Absolutely not. So vague. They have it no no bird ID. Mm-hmm. They did. They do seem to know a little bit about migration patterns, but I'm not sold. Mm-hmm. Um, before we continue, do you feel like there's the, a pilot for uh, a romantic comedy focused on birders 
like an opportunity legs. there. Yeah, is there is there legs on that pilot? Hmm. You did say it was a good first date. Yeah. I could see it. I could see it. And we would watch it. I I mean, I'd certainly watch yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um okay, cool. Back to the action. So this next one. Can you, can you tell if that's a sharp shinned or a Cooper's hawk? Oh my I god. I can never tell. That is a true birder because Interesting. That is an absolute birder because it is very difficult to tell a Sharpie from a Cooper's hawk. I in fact really struggle with it. That's interesting because you would you might think that if they can't tell, maybe they're not a birder. But No, no, no. That you're is correct. Yes, absolutely right. Those two birds look very similar. Even even a, a seasoned birder can struggle with that ID. <laughs> I'm knocking this out of the park, honestly. You do. You are. You're three for three so far. Okay. Next question. I love owls. They're so wise. Did you ever watch (laughs) Winnie the Pooh as a kid? What? Was there an owl in Winnie the Pooh? There absolutely was a wise owl in Winnie the Pooh. Huh. I think that's a flirter. And now we're talking about it. Yeah. yeah, It's a flirter. (laughs) You know how to ID them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, What gave that one away? that went away i think it was the like a true birder we would have gotten an eastern screech we would more specific horned like what kind of owl are we talking about like just you know blanket owl so vague true you know very true yeah and the person's just saying i love owls Mm -mm. that's that's kind of a sketchy kind of a weak one a weak conversation starter Okay, this brings me to the last one, and this one I think is going to be probably the hardest. (laughs) I bet I can tell you what bird that is just from the sound. Winner takes the loser out on a date. (laughs) This is a tricky one. (laughs) This is a tricky one. That one's hard. It's a tricky one. That one's really hard. Hmm. I think I'm going to go with flirter, though. Here's the thing. It's actually both. (laughs) That's a birder who's flirting with you. Because... (laughs) That birder knows what sound is going to actually be able to tell what, what bird it is true. by the sound. That's a big claim for someone who's like not actually a birder. So that's, that's a horny birder. <laughs> that actually reminds me that we have had this bird that's been waking us up every morning around probably 6.30 a.m., and it sounds like an alarm. It truly sounds like an alarm clock. It's like beep, 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 and the other day... We were trying to figure out what it was, and I realized that it was a cardinal because it was just sitting in the yes. tree, just making this noise. Um, and I shared that with you. And then a few days later, you brought up like, "Oh, it's that cardinal again," just from the sound. And I was so impressed because oh. I was like, "Look at you IDing a, a bird, a bird call. Very cool." Uh, yeah. Well, you you taught me in that. You're that I flirty birder. It. <laughs> it's true. It's in this case, <laughs> yes, it's true that I am that flirty birder. Um, okay. Uh, this is our first in-person recording session. I don't know how you felt about it. I, I feel like, I don't know if you're going to be able to tell, uh, as a listener, but, uh, a lot more opportunity, I think, for sort of eye contact, sort of, uh, <laughs> I think audit- auditorially it might, it might come through. What, how was your experience in the studio? It was pretty warm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're in our uh, laundry room slash closet, which is, like, very small and, like, so hot. Like, I never realized (laughs) how, like, blinding these lights are before. I feel like I'm on a movie set. But audio-wise, it's it's a huge, yeah, huge 
bump up from yeah. what we could be having out dogs barking birds that we talked <laughs> about ruining my takes so yeah um elise now that we're at the end of the show is there anything that you would like to plug other than this app that i'll be sure to leave a description in the uh, yeah. leave in the description um is there anything else that you'd like to promote think so i think i would just promote birds generally like yes. you know the next time you go for a walk like pay some special attention to the birds that you're seeing and the birds that you're hearing and i think i think something that can really enrich the experience is look up the bird and just do a little research and i think you'll always be i find that i'm always a little surprised and interested to hear you know it's like oh wow this bird um, is this is what the female looks like and this is yeah. what the male looks like and this is what it eats and like mm-hmm. it just I think it's a really nice way to engage with the environment around you yeah yeah absolutely and okay the the other thing I will plug is wingspan actually oh yes. yeah <laughs> so I love board games and I play board games I grew up with them my family my friends all big board game heads Elise not as much of a board gamer how would you, what would you say? I don't like board games. There you go. There it is. <laughs> However, Elise loves birds. Yeah. So to kind of find... Bird games. Bird, <laughs> bird games is the sweet spot. And Wingspan is the pinnacle of bird games, yeah. I would say. If you want to um, have fun and learn about birds, that's a good way to do it. Yes. Very educational. Very competitive. <laughs> <laughs> Highly competitive. Um, so yeah, shout outs to Wingspan. Yeah. Um, big fans. Yeah. Um, cool. That's it. Yeah, anything else? That's all. Thanks so much. It was my pleasure. It was a great, I I had such a great time. Oh, (laughs) me too. And yes, you were both uh, combining birder and flirter is really the the essence of our relationship. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that coming across on the audio. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, You can, yeah, all, that's it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Unless You Ask. Um, Really appreciate all of the love that the show's been getting. And uh, thank you to my guest, Elise, for joining me. If you would like to appear as a guest, please email me at unlessyapod at gmail.com. That's unlessyapod at gmail.com. This show is produced by Bread People Productions. If you want to check out everything that Bread People are working on, then you can visit breadpeopleproductions.com. Finally, for my nobody asked, um, I like the game Peep Mats. It's a German card game that features some very nice bird art. So if you're looking for a fun game, check out Peep Mats. <laughs>